I'm Marianne Kobasak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with CIO Kurt Quack of ProLiance Surgeons, a Washington State based surgery practice. Kurt will be discussing some of the top security priorities and initiatives he has underway at his organization for 2019. So, Kurt, when it comes to cybersecurity related and privacy related issues in 2019, what will you be focusing on this year? Well, just like uh, every year, we have to focus on our internal processes, making sure that we are on this continuous improvement process and, and plan, making sure the end, user, the end users are educated and they align well with the procedures under the, the key policies that we have in-house. And those policies and procedures are driven by, uh, of course, uh, as you know, NIST, which is a national uh, standard that we do follow here at ProLiance Surgeons, which will help us protect us that much more. So, Kurt, is there any particular security-related challenge that stands out to you in terms of what the healthcare sector overall will be dealing with, as well as your own organization in 2019? Sure, you bet. Over the years, what we have noticed was a specific pattern, and I may be kind of talking out of line here, but we at least kind of narrowed down how things happen. Now, the variation of the different technologies hitting us and variation of the, the, the malware that's out there uh, varies very, very, it's very complex. But how it happens, how it enters our perimeter, and what we need to do to mitigate them, we have noticed some kind of a pattern that we're trying to deploy as a standard practice here. So as an example, most of the attacks occur through our end users, whether it's by email or whether an end user is pulled into a suspicious website or even via a phishing attempt. And that seems to be the majority of the entry of malware coming into our environment. So our focus has been uh, educating on the end users, reminding them not to click on anything that's suspicious, and also just be cognizant of their surroundings and also type of emails that they're receiving. If there's anything that's even just a little bit abnormal, we're asking them to reach us, reach out to us in IT, and that has been working fairly well. So we'll continue that this year while also looking at other potential technologies to help supplement those efforts. And when it comes to those technologies that could supplement those efforts, what sorts of things are you looking at? Well, a lot of it's uh, artificial intelligence-based tools. Uh, that many vendors are basically proposing to us. And many are different, but they're also uh, very similar in nature. It's, it's all about data collection, data filtration, and building information from the data. So a lot of them will do proactive monitoring, and some will even get out to the Internet to do advanced uh, threat detection, as an example. So they're kind of blocked and filtered before they even hit our firewall, as an example. And some even go into the depths of the Internet so to mitigate and reduce the type of phishing emails and potential ransomware attacks coming our way. So we're definitely looking into a lot of that. Uh, we have spoken with many AI, security, firewall, and endpoint protection system vendors over the last couple of years. And we'll continue that conversation, but uh, what's happening is we're learning quite a bit about the threat landscape through these conversations because that's where a lot of the innovation and a lot of 
the things that we don't know come from because these guys are out there in depth and, and talking to a number of clients like ourselves. So those perspectives are very important to me and my staff and, and we're utilizing that knowledge to look for ways to help improve our own perimeter. So Kurt, with that said, what other top security and privacy related goals and priorities are you looking at for this year? Well, HIPAA is always at the top of our minds, of course, protection of our data, securing our data, and ensuring that data doesn't leave our, not only our premise, but our control. And that has been kind of the mantra. So we are not going to stop that. There is no seconds to uh, patient care and protecting the patient information that resides in our environment. So uh, that effort's not going to stop, and we'll continue to find better ways of protecting it. If not, just continue to uh, stay proactive about how our data is stored, how our data is used, and, of course, how our data is protected. So, Kurt, when it comes to securing legacy medical devices, what are the challenges that you're dealing with, and how are you approaching those issues? It's very difficult, and uh, I am not the only one saying this. Uh, A lot of my peers across the healthcare landscape, whether it's specialty surgical like ours or hospital systems or even primary services, offices, it's difficult because they're all different. And uh, the biomed device vendors are also different and they, they go by standard protocols that are not necessarily bound or aligning with IT standards. But one thing that is giving us hope is the fact that many of the biomed devices, whether it's IV pumps or infusion pumps or even beds and and things like that, they are more and more becoming IP-based, internet protocol-based. So we are able to align their backend technology with the way we set up certain technologies in our uh, infrastructure, as an example, in our active directory in the OUs. So, so we're able to have more visibility, and with that visibility, we're able to control things a bit more. But we are constantly in the process of discovering and and evaluating certain biomed devices that are being asked to be implemented in an environment. And we just need to be consistent. We just need to have a very easy process to adopt these new devices because uh, our clinicians can't wait, right? They need these devices to care for the patients that are coming through our doors. And last thing we want to do is be a roadblock for them to utilize these tools. So We're working on being more agile. We're becoming uh, more flexible in how we secure these biomed devices. And eventually, hopefully, we'll become more consistent in what type of devices that will be allowed in our environment. And with that consistency, will help us improve the way we support them. Now, Kurt, what about robotic surgery equipment? Are there any special security measures you have to take to protect that equipment from hacking or other security breaches involving that gear? Well, it's a very complex gear for sure, and it's, it's very, very expensive. So, so I could see why that could be a target. But with that said, uh, Marianne, it's the same. It's still a, med, a biomed device that is bound by certain protocols on the back end to align the technology to. And we have to treat it just like any other biomed device because of the way it's connected in our environment and also the way it connects outside of our perimeter. So so we can't do it. We can't treat it any differently. We just have to be consistent the way we treat it, manage it, and, of course, troubleshoot it if there are certain issues with it. 
And finally, Kurt, you mentioned you're looking at various AI tools. Any other particular emerging or evolving security technology that you think is promising or any plans to pilot or implement any of those things? You know, one popular tool, it's called CASB. It's an access security broker, and it's utilized for cloud-specific applications. A lot of our peers, as well as us, here are looking at cloud-based application more and more. And what that does is it actually opens up a new door to how the data that traverses from, from our premise to that cloud application provider connects. So uh, a product like CASB allows us to manage and secure the data that traverses between a cloud provider and us. And as we evaluate that technology more and more, we're finding it more and more critical it's becoming more and more critical that we consider that technology to better protect everything that's going in and out of our own perimeter. So, so that's one. And then, of course, it's not really technology-based, but it's more social technology, I guess you'd call it that, which is just being more transparent with our end users and, and educating the end users because we can never forget our perimeter security protection starts with the human firewall, which is our end users. And like I said earlier in this interview, most of the attacks and the, the incidents that occur seems to happen with the end user first, or, or end user is the entry for a lot of that in our environment. So, so we're continuing to keep our eyes in that area. Thanks, Kurt. I've been speaking to CIO Kurt Quack. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.